Money never lies, Chris. That's why today we canned Pat. No, we didn't can him. Pat's a money guy anyway, so he would have appreciated that. But Pat's uh, Pat is packing today. He's on a big move. So we brought in a friend of the show. You've been on what three times? Yeah, in studio, a couple times calling. Yeah, a couple time times calling. Time We've got Greg Antipoff, in-source CPA. Greg, thanks for joining us today. Always a pleasure. Joining Real Estate Radio for the, I don't know, handful of times. This is Real Estate Radio. If you're new to the show, it's every Saturday, live at 11. I'm Byron Lazine, One and Company, William Ravis Real Estate. And uh, yeah, if you are listening for the first time, we talk a little bit real estate, but we talk the local community, talk about CT in a positive light. I see some signs here in Lee Elsie's uh, studio, Bob Stefanowski. I haven't seen a lot out of Bob, you know? I, I would expect and, to have seen more with with it getting so close, but I'm, you know, I'm loosely paying attention to what's happening. I know. He's been a guest on the show before. He's Your been show? a guest on this show, yeah. That was one of his first radio segments ever. Really? Yeah. I hear him calling. And now he's, now he's big time in me, so I'm not, I'm not really appreciative of that. Uh, I don't know. You know, it's going to be interesting. I'm not sure we have an ideal choice. I mean, I, I like what Bob has to say, but knowing the numbers and the taxes, I question uh, whether or not we can get to the tax cuts that they're When you look suggesting. at, like, you know, the options and the issues that are in Connecticut, and we always talk about positive stuff here, but when you look at just, not just the Connecticut, just the issues that are facing... Every business in America today, I mean, we're going to talk about Sears going out of business and what, what happened Monday, but do you think there's anybody qualified or even has a, the slightest clue of what's happening in the world around us and how technology is eating everything alive? Do you think anybody in Hartford has the slightest clue about what's happening in America today? I don't think so. I think we're... I think you know, we're sort of in a bubble in the sense of a protective bubble here where we've had certain industries, um, you know, shipbuilding, say, in Groton and pharmaceutical and certain industries and the, the insurance industry. And, and there's a key there. Look at the insurance industry. Hartford's the capital of the insurance and, and the companies are leaving, mm. you know, and it's for a number of reasons. Um, but, you know, in terms of technology, I, I don't think I don't think they're there. I mean, they're making some strides, but again, it's towards the industry that's already here. It's not looking to necessarily keep all industry here or attract new industry. An example being at some of the tech schools, they've now trade, changed their programs. Um, I, I heard, I think at, at Grasso, they've gotten rid of their carpentry program, but they've replaced it with programs that are more techno technologically uh, advanced so that they're training workers to go become shipbuilders or to go directly to EB and to use these CNC machines mm -hmm. and all these mm -hmm. other technology. So, you know, I think it's good that we're protecting the industry that's here, but I think we need to do more to attract business back here and stop the bleeding of the businesses leaving And here. bring the, the businesses in here that are 100% going to be the businesses of the next 20 years. Like Sears going out of business is a real indicator of what technology is doing, of what Amazon's capable of doing and Right? Like, yeah, it well, and see, so Sears missed the mark because Sears was in the catalog business up until 1993. They stopped producing their catalogs. 
Do you know when Amazon came about? 93. 94. 94. Okay. So, but Sears already had all the infrastructure built out for the catalog system. They had all the warehouses. They had all of that. And Sears traditionally over time has been a leader in terms of um, uh, sort of technology, not in the sense that we know it now in terms of smartphones and the internet, but in terms of um, you know, when, when the men were coming back from war, Sears instituted their own credit card program so that the guys coming back from war could afford to purchase a refrigerator and have it in their house, whereas normally they couldn't do that. They had the warehouse infrastructure built out for a mail order system, but they stopped it a year too early, and it allowed Amazon to go. Now, Sears had Sears.com, but it, at that point, when they went to Sears.com and closed their dis- distribution facilities, they were trying to fulfill orders from individual stores. And to your point of technology, at that point, they didn't have a good enough inventory technology to know what was going on at all of the stores to be able to support the orders that were going on Sears.com. So if you look at Amazon and you look at Sears, Amazon is is repeating what Sears did 20 years later, but they're doing it in a much more technological way that we're familiar with now in terms of internet, smartphones, and that sort of thing. But... They're innovating on top of themselves, which is what Sears did for years and years and years, which is why they were in business for so long, innovate on top of themselves until they stopped. Right. And what happened was they hit a point where the the cash dried up because of a number of reasons, things like Amazon, and to artificially sort of inflate their balance sheet, they started selling off a lot of their brands. Craftsman, I was a loyal craftsman tool and, and Uh, power tool owner, my lawnmower, and various other things. What happens is Sears doesn't even own Craftsman anymore. They sold it last year to to Stanley, which I think is a good thing for me as a consumer because now Stanley is selling those through Lowe's and Craftsman will continue to carry on a life of its own. But they sold off a lot of their brands, a lot of their assets to get them off the books and artificially inflate their cash while, you know, at the end of the day, they weren't profitable. So, they filed bankruptcy on Monday. We're losing two stores in Connecticut. Basically, all the I stores- I see only two, the Milford and Waterford. Are there other stores in Connecticut? There are other stores. They're, they're keeping the profitable locations open through this bankruptcy, but Sears doesn't have a long-term plan. That's the challenge. So they're, they're stopping the bleeding now, but the way I see it, unfortunately, I, I think it's, it's only a matter of time before Sears altogether is, is just gone. Right below Connecticut's Florida. Florida's closing- Eight stores, two Kmart's, and Sears. Nobody, there's so many box stores in Florida, like that nobody will even notice. Right. <laughs> it's well, not even going to be like a thing. But like we're here locally, people may notice because the Crystal Mall, that's a significant impact to that mall. It, it, it's a huge impact. Um, you know, one of the anchor stores, original anchor stores, two levels, auto center, it takes up a huge space. I mean, who. You know, you're in tune, obviously, in your industry with real estate. You know, who's going to occupy that space? Nobody. 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 And there's, I think when you have the choice now, I think the enclosed mall is just a, a thing of the past. For me personally, the, the, the outlets, the common type stores, I want to be able to pull up in front of the store I want to go to, walk in, do the business I need to do. When Dr- you, when driving into the parking lot at the Crystal Mall is Almost as depressing as driving into our local high schools, <laughs> right? Like all you see is tar and it's just like a desert of depression. Well, and then you have to, you have to then park and then you have to walk to, you know, to whatever store and the store's always moving in the mall. You never know where you're uh, walking to, you know, so it's a dreadful place. So, uh, you know, 
there's some communities that are repurposing them, you know, but I don't know that our population here serves as that, meaning let's bur- build out some urban uh, apartments. Is that going to happen in our mall? I don't think so. Are we going to have a maker no. space, like a, a space where, you know, people can come and have a shared working space? But again, are you going to want to go to that property, fight the Route 85 traffic? Mm-mm. You know, I just, I don't see it and it's unfortunate. It'll be interesting to see what happens. We've got Greg Antipoff, in-source CPA, joining Real Estate Radio. This is Byron Lazine. We're coming right back. 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Concrete Band will play the new McKinney Mobile Mix jingle. And a one, and a two, and a... Uh, Thank you. McKinney Mobile Mix. 848-6657 Uncasville. McKinney, he's getting skinny. Bang, zoom! Hi, this is Filippo Marchioni, General Manager of Whaling City Motors in New London, Connecticut. And this is Romana Primus, President of MyWhalingCity.com. No tricks, no gimmicks, just savings on the treats for you in October at Whaling City. Come down and check out our new pre-owned Superlot. We are bursting at the seams with inventory. Anywhere from subcompact, compact, midsize, luxury, SUV, truck, you name it, we have it. Whaling City's got an incredible selection of certified pre-owned vehicles for you as well. At MyWhalingCity.com. All of our vehicles are priced extremely aggressive, so you don't need to negotiate. As low as 0.9% on pre-owned vehicles. Wow! When you purchase that vehicle at My Whaling City, hit that Whaling City gong. And remember, at MyWhalingCity.com, you always get paid for your trade. What does that mean? We will cut you a check on the spot, even if you don't trade that vehicle in. Se habla espanol también. Check us out at MyWhalingCity.com on the corner of Broad and Coleman in New London, Connecticut. Have we met yet? This baseball and softball offseason train at the pit. 9,000 square feet of LED leaded space giving you the room for all types of work. Train with the latest techniques and equipment including hit tracks, diamond kinetics, video analysis, and hack attack. Individual and group lessons, team training, clinics, and membership with keyless entry and a free online scheduling app. Pithitting.com. The Pit. Hope Street, downtown Niantic. Train. Compete. Repeat. The Pit. Here we go. Real Estate Radio. Byron Lazine. One and company. William Ravis Real Estate here today along with Greg Antipoff in source CPA. We're talking about Sears closing. We're talking about how likely there's not any candidate in November that's got a clue how to confront and win on the technology onslaught happening in this country and how Connecticut could capitalize on that. Uh, I don't hear them talking about it at all. And it, by the way, is the single most important factor that we should be looking at is how to attract those types of businesses because we can put a Band-Aid on things 
where we could win in the next 20 years. So I got to give a little credit to New London's mayor and this organization. Um, There's an event next week, the Live, Work, and Invest event that New London's hosting, um, where they're trying to bring together developers and investors Mm. and business owners to kind of, you know, they're having it at the Garden. Uh, Garden's an amazing place, by the way. And some local, you know, some leaders from General Dynamics and other things like that. So I applaud the fact that they're trying to get all of the players together in the same room to say, hey, we have some developers that are willing to that have the expertise to develop. We have some investors that have the money to support them. Um, We have jobs coming to the area through Electric Boat. You know, one of the things I'm concerned about is they want to do a lot of, uh, invest a lot of dollars into upgrading the state pier because there's this uh, wind project that's going on in Long Island Sound and they feel as if the entry port of getting the goods off of land and out to where they're building these windmills is going to be New London. Now, while that seems likely if we look at it from a hyper-local point, we say, okay, New London's locus port, but where are these windmills going to be produced? Do we know that they're going to come by rail or by truck to New London and then get on a boat? Are they going to come on a boat from somewhere else, from down south where they're, you know, Mm. manufactured or... We don't know where they're going to come from. So my concern a little bit is about the investment that they're looking to do in State Pier without knowing where these these windmills and the production is going to be is going to be happening. And w- yeah, and how it's going to happen? How it's going to happen? And it, you know, how close are we to this actually? You know, being produced. So you know, the other stuff they're doing, I, I applaud. That's that's the one that I'm a little concerned about. Because, you know, that affects all of our, you know, that's a state peer and that's going to affect a lot of our tax dollars being invested into that. Yeah, I just want, I mean, in, being in the real estate game, I want bodies. I agree. Would the bodies hit the floor. You want to play that card? So, so that's a, my wife and I have this conversation all the time because she always says, you know, why don't we have this particular gym or why don't we have this particular restaurant chain or franchise? Why don't we have a Whole Foods? Right. And it comes from, it. it's, it's strictly down to the demographic, our population, yeah. the bodies and the income. And, you know, we just don't have that here in southeastern Connecticut. To New support. London County is like between 250 and 270,000 people. Yeah. Total. And so the traffic counts aren't there. The 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 finances aren't there, you know, to support these. Would I love a Whole Foods? Sure. Would I, you know, like these gyms that have programs that she talks about besides just being, you know, a box that has weights and treadmills in it? Sure. But, um, New London County's got about 270, 269, just over 269 in 2017, 2010, it was 275. So New London County's went down, down a little bit population. It's interesting. I mean, I, what do you see? I mean, I, I feel like I'm starting to see some developments start to reemerge, new housing developments, builders starting to build again. Yeah. Are you seeing that? Yeah. I mean, Gateway and East Lime is going for another 120 apartments right now. Yeah. They'll get that and Costco's coming. And yeah. And so in New London, Greenlighted, a 95 apartment complex, one yep. a project that the uh, same company who I think just did 140 units last year down in New London. So, you know, I think it's interesting, though, is is what demographic is that? You know, are we serving single? Uh, Middlesex got 840,000, and New Haven is, I believe, just under, just about that 860. 
Yes, we don't. Small places. Right. You know, you're talking about between New Haven County, Middlesex County, and New London County, under 2 million people. Right. You know. And then, so, if we were to head down the Gold Coast, what are we looking at down, you know, Fairfield? Yeah. You get over a million there. Fairfield County. Close close to double. Oh, just under a million, 949, in Fairfield County specifically. Right, 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 right. I know it was just about a million. No, not two million, because, but that's a condensed little area, you know. So, but I agree with you. I think it's about the bodies. I think every th- if we get people here, the the restaurants will th- thrive, the stores will thrive, everything will be, you know, we'll have better programs, social programs. Um, but when you don't have the population to serve, you know, people are looking at the other counties. Hartford County is only nine hundred thousand. So when you look at New London County specifically, it's, you know, a quarter of all these other counties we just mentioned, including Middlesex. Right. Middlesex is, in, is an interesting county, though. Yeah, because it's, it's, not, it's not all the same. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the nature of Connecticut. Well, even New London County. I mean, I think being on the coast is one population and even yeah. 10 miles in is, is completely different in terms of population density that type of building, everything. We got to give away some of Martin's money. What are we going to do? I don't know. We can make it easy. We already said the two stores that are, the Sears stores that are closing in Connecticut, we could do that. We could do what year Sears opened. What do you want to do? Yeah, let's do that. So what, what year Sears opened? What year did Sears open? 860-464-9490 is the number. We've got a ton of Martin's money. Martin McKinney, Boys and Girls Service Station Equipment. They bought us a bunch of gift cards, asked us to give them away to you, whether you win or lose. So today's question, all you got to do is guess what year Sears opened. They went bankrupt or, or filed for bankruptcy on Monday of this week. If you get the year right, we're going to give you the big Mac Daddy gift card, probably to Oleos, maybe Oleos. And if you lose, you're going to get a littler Littler, smaller gift card to our choice. You can't pick that one, all right? People have tried to do that. They've tried to pick when they've lost and they're getting like, you know, five, ten, fifteen dollar gift card. We got a a whole bunch of different gift cards. They've tried to select. You're a loser, man. You can't be picking your losing gift card. You're lucky we're we're even giving you a trophy. Come on now. You get it exactly. I said, Martin, you don't strike me as the kind of guy that wants to give out eighth place trophies. He's a man of the people, this guy, this Martin McKinney. He's an amazing man. He's heard an am- so much about him. I haven't met him yet. But oh, my God. These days. You got to meet him. Just clear your afternoon for you know, that. I- I'm interested to... It, we'll do a second contest. No, yeah, we got plenty of his money. Wait, don't worry about that. We've got Emily from Baltic on the line. Emily, how are you today? I'm wonderful. How are you? Doing just great. So do you have an answer for us on what year... Sears opened. Before you answer that, though, Emily, yeah, tell me a little bit uh, about how long you've lived in the area. Do you go to the Crystal Mall? Did you used to shop at Sears a lot? Do you still do it today? Give me, give me some context on you. So I grew up in Preston, uh, Norwich, Preston, 37, just about, and I always went to the Crystal Mall. My grandmother worked at Sears. Um, it was just a big, big part of our lives. So now that it's that it's going out of business. It's kind of sad you know the crystal mall is is diminishing is it sad because 
just you're romanticizing the past or is it sad because people are being, you know, impacted with maybe some Everybody's jobs? being impacted. The economy's being impacted. Um, employees of Sears, I mean, now they're out of jobs. It's, it's a fun deal. Do you have uh, Amazon Prime, Emily? I do have Amazon oh, Prime. Okay. <laughs> do you enjoy <laughs> that? Do you enjoy that service? You know, I do, but I also <laughs> like to actually go and look at things. I get it. I get it. You know, the the best of both worlds. All right, Emily, what year do you think Sears opened? I'm going to go with 1893. Boom. Look at that right off the top. Do you know where it was founded? Um, Chicago. Chicago is right. You didn't have to get that right. I was just kind of... It sounds like we have a serious connoisseur on the phone. We have a serious Googler (laughs) on the phone. Emily, big props to you for Googling that answer. We're going to hook you up with a gift card to Oleo's service station equipment, and uh, Martin McKinney bought that gift card for you. So stay on the line. We'll get you your info. Have you ever been to Oleo's? Um, I have not, no. Well, you get to go now. Enjoy. It's fabulous. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Chris will get you hooked up. All right. Thank you. 1893. That was so long ago. That was such a different world. Incredibly different world. And, you know, I remember being in high school. and It's not even the same thing. Yeah, well, where I'm going with this is that we had some of the old Sears catalogs, like, in the library at school. And you'd you'd thumb through them, and there there wasn't anything you couldn't get out of that catalog, including a house. You could buy yes, a house. Sears and house. It, would, it would come as a kit, you know, with the walls and everything. You just kind of like, you know, fold it up together and, and build it. And it's it's incredible. But, you know, and as we're as we're reminiscing, I forgot my first job was at Sears. Really? It's where I fell in love with capitalism. Because in the Crystal Mall? Yeah. I, in high school, I was a commissioned salesman in the electronics department. How did that work? You got, you got a, a salary and you got... Uh, actually, Upside? no. There was no sa- there was no salary. It was a hundred percent commission. Hundred percent commission. Really? And there was a, a, a uh, you you could get a draw if you wanted to, but you always wanted to keep your commission high because even when you accrued vacation or sick time, because people were going to walk in there, and if they were walking into Sears saying, uh, you know, I need to look at the grills, they were buying a grill. Right. Yeah. And and it was our job. It basically, it, there was no other option. So it wasn't a matter of am I buying a TV or not. It's a matter of which TV am I buying. Yeah, and you needed to be there to guide them to the yeah. right TV. Yeah, it was interesting. It was. I mean, it was really cool. It was really. Did you always suggest like the same TV, or did you just change it up depending on the person? Well, so so here's the caveat: is we knew the commission rates, right? Oh, so, so you were influenced brand, by selling certain TVs. But certain things. I mean, Bose was always the highest commission. And, but that was at the time just out of everybody's price range. I mean, back a then, Bose. the Bose sound systems, I mean, they started yep. at $2,500, you know, so that How was well. How fast did those Bose systems go, like, out, you know, just out because they were, you know, the technology kept just advancing? You know, they're still around. They're still around, but it's but unnecessary. I, right, right. I think the sound bar. The sound bar that goes yeah. under the TV now that can create such a dynamic sound has changed that altogether. You don't 100%. have to hardwire a house now to have these, you know, seven speakers all around you. Exactly. We've got Greg Antipoff in studio today, in source CPA. This is Byron Lazine. You're listening to Real Estate Radio. We'll be right back. 949 News Now and Stimulating Talk.
As the world changes, I sit in here with my man Chris every Saturday, 11 to noon on Real Estate Radio. Today, Greg Antipoff, InSource CPA. We talk a bunch of crazy stuff, a lot of economy stuff, sometimes real estate, but we always talk about how quickly things are changing. Sears is, is like, oh, that didn't already happen? That, that didn't happen yet? I know. Well, I think that's, and that's the, so going back to the Crystal Mall, I think that's what we're fearful of with the other anchor stores. JCPenney, Macy's, you know, what, if they're next, what is the future of the Crystal Mall look like? What is the future of Why do retail? we insist on hanging on to what once was and not fully embrace what is? Just what is, not what's coming, but just what is. I'm on a text chain, Greg, with... There's eight people on this check, including myself, so seven others. And these guys and, and ladies are all soup, way more. I'm the low person on the t- totem pole of these eight in terms of, you know, real estate brokerage in, in the country. They're in sure. different parts of, they're all on the East Coast, but different parts, New York City, Philadelphia, these different areas. And Zillow in our world made a massive, incredible shift in how they operate to, and essentially what they're doing is saying, we want to be the Amazon of real estate. I was sitting in a room with about a hundred people in Boston last week, a hundred of the top agents in the country. And Greg Schwartz, uh, president of Zillow kind of broke down some of these changes and the aftermath of these changes has people scared because they got accustomed to how things were. And this is on a micro level. This is just what's happening everywhere in the country. It's what's happening here in Connecticut. We have candidates for governor that don't know what the heck is happening. So they're talking about like, let's put tolls in. That's going to really solve our problems, guys. (laughs) Like they're talking about nonsense or they're not talking at all, which is what I've seen out of one candidate. Like just, where are you, dude? Where where you been? Um, they, They don't even understand what's happening. You know, well, the tolls is an interesting one. Um, in the news clip leading into the beginning People are of the freaked show, out is my point though. Like, like the, this text chain, like they're worried about like losing what was because because there's companies that see what Amazon's done and they're they're modeling after that. Like, model your own business after seamless frictionless service. Well, I think people get comfortable in every industry and that's a challenge. And then when somebody comes in and disrupts it, like Uber did to the taxi cab, what some of these real estate. Um, you know, organizations are doing, the people feel threatened and they say, well, no, you know, we have to continue to do it this way because we always have, and I have a license and you have to come to me and we have to do it this way. And I think it's all, I think it's all changing in every industry. Everything. And you have to say, you know, it's, you know, I've sort of come to this point myself is, you know, there's no more sort of picking the people in the middle. I either want to know I'm choosing the low end and know what I get for that price or I want to know that I'm going to pay a premium, but I'm going to get a premium service or or get the actual service. I think there's a lot of gray area in the middle. And I think the words I kind of think about is being the noun versus being the verb. And here's what I mean by this. You can be the noun, the real estate agent, the realtor by title, okay? 
or you can be the verb, meaning the, per- the, the action of actually being a real estate agent and doing everything that you're responsible to do and going above and beyond and doing what's in the best interest of the client. And I think there's a lot of people resting on the fact that they're the noun and saying, well, I'm the CPA, you have to come to me. I'm the realtor, you have to come mm. to me instead of saying, listen, I'm going to actually act in that capacity and bring the value and, and not just rest on my laurels and say, well, if they, I, I'm the gatekeeper and you have to come to me if you want to do this deal or you want this transaction, yes. you want this service. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, you know, I, I'd be interesting to, to find out the moves Zillow is are making. Um, yeah, and I don't want to bore people with that. I mean, what they're essentially doing to just because I could spend all day on it. They're they're essentially uh, really changing the way they're going to hand leads off to agents, which means nothing to consumers. But the reason they're doing that is to make sure that when a consumer reaches out to someone through Zillow through their service, that they actually get someone to call them back one hundred or not even call them back, get connected immediately immediately, like an Amazon type of service, 100% of the time, not 99.9, not 50%, which is what has been happening because, because Greg, to your point, you have people that are like, well, I have the real estate license and, you know, people can wait for me to call them back. Like, like technology is going to wipe out every single one of those real estate agents because if you can't respond within a minute and most human beings can't, by the way, respond within a minute, because what if you're in the bathroom? What if you're kid? What if you're blah, blah, blah? And all every excuse a real estate agent has instead of building a business that can service clients. If you can't do that, so, you know, technology and some of these big major companies that are infusing billions into the industry right now, they'll figure it out. You know, they'll, they'll, it's similar to how Expedia figured it out for travel and Zillow is figuring it out for real estate. Like they'll just figure it out. And, and if you're, uh, going to build your business around that type of mindset, frictionless service for my clients and, and, and people that I serve in, in these communities, then you're going to get trampled on. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think it transcends every industry, any service industry where in the day, in the time we're in with Amazon, where you have the ability to have near instant satisfaction with your purchase of making the purchase, we want to do the same. And if you're online looking uh, for a realtor or looking at a particular property or looking for a particular service provider as a, a CPA, accountant, sh- carpet shampoo or whatever it is, that's top of mind at the mo- that moment for you. And to be able to want to reach out to somebody and c- actually connect with them then is in the best interest of both people. Meaning I, I have a question now I want it answered and the service provider is getting the hottest lead they could get. Yeah. And, you know, to, to the, to the point that, they're saying, well, I'm the only person, I'm the only carpet cleaner in town. I'm the only CPA in town. So they'll have to wait for me. I think it's just a, it's a horrible model yeah. because it's no longer about being in town. And that's an important part too, as a service provider. You know, I work with clients all over the state, all over the country because we work virtually. So it's no more having to go to the guy down the street. They're no longer the gatekeeper. So saying I'm the only guy in town is not going to work. Anymore. Oh, the guy in town, the guy in town, dude. The guy in town is finished. The guy in town is smoked. He's already been smoked. She's already been had. Like the guy in town, no. Like that that means nothing at this point to anybody. I'm gonna go through my open houses right now, Greg. Awesome. And these these are something that's going to get you know, open houses has always been a great place for people to go see homes when there's not friction having to sign up with an agent, but they can go see the house. 
in a two-hour window. Uh, they've also been a great source of leads for agents. This is something that's going to get disrupted. Like, if you don't think houses are going to have the technology to open and close for people instantly, well, then you're not paying attention because it's already happening in Arizona. It's already happening in certain parts of Florida. Like, it's already happening in Texas. Agent uh, Buyers, rather, are able to access homes without anybody instantly. Open house anytime, any day of the week. And as transition uh, transactions rather get quicker and quicker and quicker because the bank can do it in seven days because they can get through uh, the BS that takes them 45 days because there's a lot of humans involved. And these transactions are happening like boom, boom, boom. There's going to actually be more of them, which is exciting for people in the real estate space like myself that are going to stay in it despite the technology. It just it makes things much easier. People are going to access homes when they want to access them. So... In the meantime, we'll continue to do open houses. And at one in company, we've got five this week. I'm going to go through them really quick, Chris, and then we can go to break. If you've got an open house you want to call in the last segment or a deal, you can always call 860-464-9490. Our open house is this week, today, from 12 to 2. So if you're in the Lyme area at any point today from 12 to 2, 29 Old Hamburg Road in Lyme, Connecticut, this is a must-see. We just went to 539 on the price. It's a water front antique, amazing property off the second floor. You could be sitting out there on a covered porch, drinking your tea, looking at the water. Like, talk about an escape. This place is amazing, dude. 29 Old Hamburg Road today from 12 to 2. Also today from 1 to 3, 66 High Street in Guilford, Connecticut. Award-winning for the third year in a row, Hobie Award-winning luxury condo project of the year. This is just an insane project. We sold another unit. Uh, was it yesterday or no? It was Thursday technically. We sold another unit in the Elite Building, which is which will be finished in the spring. But you can go check out a completed unit in the Whitfield Building today from one to three sixty six High Street, Guilford, Connecticut. Also there tomorrow from one to three. Also today from twelve uh, two to four two to four. Little little late one. You can go see the one in Lyme. Then you can go up to Griswold. And from 2 to 4, you could see 21 Chew Drive, Griswold, Connecticut. That's open from 2 to 4. And you can get into that house for under $310,000. Four bed, two and a half bath. Uh, tomorrow, uh, 12 to 2, 64 Scotch Cap Road, number 116, Waterford, Connecticut. Nikki will be there. That's the value deal of the week, 239.9. 64 Scotch Cap Road, number 16. All right. When we come back, we'll take, we'll, we're going to give away some of Martin's money. You had something, you had something up your sleeve there, right? Yeah. How about what year did the crystal ball open? If anybody remembers that and remember what it felt like to be having that sort of retail mercantile coming here. What year did the crystal mall open? We're going to give away a gift card to either the sneakers or the spice club, something like that. When we come back, 860-464-9490. You're listening to Real Estate Radio on 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Text guess on the Crystal Mall. Come on, we don't take those text guess. But that was pretty close. The text guess. He was a year off. 
This is Byron Lazine, Real Estate Radio. I'm with Greg Antipoff, in source CPA. Do you have somebody on the line for this answer? We're asking you what year the Crystal Mall opened. Service station equipment's going to give you a gift card. Probably going to switch it up this time. Sneakers. We gave out an Oleo one. I think we still got some sneakers left. So who do we got? We've got Don from Oakdale. Don, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good, Don. You got a guess on the Crystal Mall? You got a real estate deal? What do you got? No, I got a guess on the Crystal Mall. I'm thinking it was probably around 83. Close. It was close. It was, well, I'm not going to tease out any hints, but that was very close. Very close, Don. You didn't get the grand prize, but stay on. Uh, Martin McKinney, he's such a good guy. He's going to give you a little teeny-weeny gift card anyway. So stay on the line. We'll get that out to you. Roger. Don. All right, so it's still out there. The big gift card for what year the Crystal Mall opened is still out there. 860-464-9490. And we're going to do you a favor here. We're not going to give you a gift card to the Crystal Mall in case it completely shuts down. (laughs) We're going to give you a gift card... (laughs) To our restaurant, which will which will still be open when you want to use it. That's awesome. Yeah. So, where do we want to go? What do you, what you got anything? What, left? I mean, what do you want me to go? Do you want to get into real estate? Do you want to get anything into your world? Because we've got a little bit of time left. You know what's happening in your world. Everybody was pumped. I'm sure to get past October 15th. That waited till then. I mean, what, what do you got going on in your yeah, world? Yeah. So we're 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 during the month of October, a lot of people don't know if you're not a business owner, we file what's called personal property tax declarations. It's how the individual towns tax businesses on all their individual assets, things like desks and chairs. So we're finishing those up. Those are due November 1st. Um, also just normal quarterly stuff. One of the things I called in back a couple of weeks ago and talked about is uh, why 2018 is the best year so far from a tax standpoint to invest in real estate. Uh, and what kind of real estate? It, it, in, investment real estate. So what I mean by that is... Multifamily? Multifamily uh, real estate you're not going to occupy, most likely that you are going to rent out or lease. Mm-hmm. So it could be single family home, multifamily, could be commercial property. But why from a... So it could be commercial or, or uh, single family or multifamily that you're not going to occupy. Why, from a tax advantage, is it so important to look at those types of investments right now? And and will it be the same in 2019? So we're in a four-year window until January 1st of 2023. The scenarios I'm about to outlay is, is ideal. Basically, what happens is there are some changes in the tax law that are temporary, something what we call bonus depreciation. So when you buy a residential property, for example, you have to, you can't, Whatever you pay, let's say you pay $100,000 for it. You can't write huh? off that. Okay, let's be more realistic. So uh, a duplex in on Boswell Avenue in Norwich, huh? we'll say $200,000. So what's going to happen is typically people write it off over 27 and a half years, not to bore you with the numbers, but basically you can't write off the full purchase price in the first year. But with something called bonus depreciation. The bonus. I like a bonus. Historically, you could only utilize this on new things you purchase. So if you bought a new computer for your office, a new desk, and you could only depreciate half of it. But now with this new bonus depreciation, it kicks it up to 100% and it's now allowed on used property. So where this comes into play with real estate is with something called cost segregation. Instead of taking the whole house and depreciating it all as one unit, we break it into four parts, including the land, which can never be depreciated, 
the improvements to land, like landscaping, pool, things like that outside, and then property in the house and the structure itself. So what happens is with the bonus depreciation, anything that's not the structure itself, we get a huge deduction because we get to write that all off in the first year. The first year. The first year. So, so, and I'm not going to ask you to give advice, like, should you put your money right into that between now and 2023, but it's obvious that right now is the time to go out and do it. And there's uncertainty after 2023, what type of tax codes will change that will impact that? Yeah, I, I, there's, there's, uncer- well, with the upcoming election, if we, if not we, but the, if the Republicans lose the House and the Senate, you know, some of these things could be repealed. But as it stands right now, it's it's going through until 2023, mm-hmm. this particular, you know, strategy we're talking about. All right, we've got Dave from North Stonington, I'm assuming, with a guest for the Crystal Mall. Is that right, Dave? That's correct. How long have you lived in the area, Dave? I grew up in New London County. Okay, so you uh, have used the Crystal Mall and shopped there often or not so often? Um. Not terribly often. I did work there for a while. Okay. Interesting. So do you uh, you have any context on what year they opened? I would say about 85. Another very close guess. Another one that's in the ballpark, but not right on. All right, Dave. Uh, very, very strong guess. Stay on the line. We're going to get you something anyways, courtesy of service station equipment. All right, thanks. We got a friend of the show, Brad from North Stonington. Brad, you've called the show before, right? Um, last month. Last month. Okay, maybe that's why it's familiar. All right, all right. So, Brad, how long have you lived in? You live in North Stonington now. How long have you lived in the area? How often have you uh, used Crystal Mall in the past? Do you still use the Crystal Mall today? I uh, live in North Stonington since nineteen seventy-eight. Hey Brad, just do me a favor. Turn that. Turn the radio behind you off or down for a second. Yeah, forty years. So you've been around forty years. Do you shop the Crystal Mall? No, but I leave. Yes, I shop there, of course. But I mean, I leased space in the Crystal Mall. You did still currently. Yes, I'm a commercial broker. Oh, you lease space currently there today. Not currently. Today, Not currently. Okay. I, mean, I have leased in the past. Yes. Do, do a lot of those leases in the past are, are? Do you think any of them are still active? I believe some are. Yeah. They had options. And you don't have to speak about the leases that you know you worked on, but to your knowledge, are some of those leases dependent on you know the vacancy rates in the in the entire mall? Meaning, if I lease out a, a, a unit. And now we lose something like Sears, I could be paying a lower rent. No. It doesn't matter, to your knowledge, in the leases that you dealt with, what the vacancy rate is on what you have to pay for your lease. No. Okay. Just interesting because when you lose a, uh, and, and, you know, I'd love your insight, when you lose a store, you know, an anchor like Sears, if I'm that little shop, that, you know, went in right next to Sears, for example, I'm going to be super, you know, skeptical about my future there, right? And so so I think you, I think there could be a trickle-down of uh, impact. What do you think, Brad? Of course. You have less traffic, but that large space is going to be leased out to someone else fairly soon. 
they may negotiate a better lease, but uh, it will be available for lease. But oh, it'll be available for lease, sure. But and you think it's? Do you think it's a home run that somebody actually occupies that space? Oh yeah, the home. The um, uh, Crystal Mall is a large mall, regional mall, mm-hmm. and so there's always a demand for space, and there's always companies moving around that are larger or want to be in that location. All right, interesting take. What year, Brad, are you guessing the Crystal Mall opened? 1984. And you nailed it, my friend. Did you lease anything? In, did you lease anything in '84? Um, no, I leased it in '92 uh, and '96, I believe. '92 and '96, and so you, and and you're you're coming from a positive side of the Crystal Mall losing Sears. You think that that it won't have an impact? Somebody's going to scoop that up. Well, of course, it's going to have an impact for a short period of time, but it's going to basically. Um, just a new type of business is going to move in there. That's a large space, mm-hmm. but it's a good space. All right, from both levels. All right, stay on the line. Congratulations, you got the winning gift card, courtesy of Service Station Equipment. Uh, they're going to send you off to where do you want to go? Sneakers or or a Spice Club? Uh, sneakers. Sneakers, good choice. Fabulous food. Stay on the line, and uh, Chris will get you hooked up with that. Thank you. I'm assuming Billy from Groton, who's on the line, wanted to get into the Crystal Mall, right? Billy, are you there? Yeah. Billy, we just had a winner. Were you going for the Crystal Mall thing? I have something to say about the Crystal Mall. Oh, yeah. Please. Please. I want to tell you. (laughs) I want to wait till I get on. Go like it. Go for it. I got to ask ask him a question. We came and looked at my condo last year. Yeah, I remember that. Quick question. Oh. But, uh, yeah, I have a comment. It's It's a funny comment. Are you ready? You're on the air, I live. We oh, we are. Well, guess what? We're I think we should start making bets when the Crystal Mall's going to close. <laughs> bets the closest. Because it really, even before Sears, it, it's just devastating. All the big names people have moved out. You know what I mean? Uh, well, our last caller thinks that Sears is going to fill up quickly. Do you, do you agree with that? Well, I, I don't know about that, but I do know that if you look at Gap, all the stores that little by little... I've been moving out big name stores. You know, it really is, and the rent is really high there. My wife for a for one of the companies, and they said that's why they pulled out. So rent was high compared to the money they paid. You know, and for it's a good location, but really the mall is really they try to revamp it. But if you look at it, it's still like an old mall, and there's no big name stores in there anymore. You know, there's not an experience that certainly, you know, would get me to drive down into that hole. You know, I'm gonna just. I'm going to order off of Nordstrom's or I'm going to order off of Amazon or whatever I need. I'm going to get it, you know? So, yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. It's, it's going to be tough from here. Billy, thank you for calling in and uh, appreciate the call. We've got to wrap this show up. Greg, any final... Th- thank you, Billy. Any final uh, things you'd like to mention? Actually, it looks like we're, we're going. We're out of here. All right. No, thanks for having me. Pleasure awesome. As always. Where can somebody find you if they wanted to find you? Online, always, 24-7, insourcecpa.com. Insourcecpa.com. Greg Antipoff, not only a friend, uh, but absolutely one of the best in the business. For myself, this is Byron Lazine. You can always get me, 860-941-2755. Text that number. This is Real Estate Radio. We'll see you next week. 94.9 News Now and stimulating talk.